Hey guys, this is Taylor Bradley. And this is Alex Yalkovich. And welcome to Booked and Stressed. Hey guys, and welcome back to Booked and Stressed. If it's your first time tuning in, we are your hosts, Taylor and Alex. And basically every week we just have a in-depth conversation with a different expert from the entertainment industry. You absolutely don't have to listen to these episodes in order, but please feel free to if you'd like. Now, in addition, each week we bring attention to a different nonprofit, charity, or just company that we love. This may or may not have a direct attachment to the entertainment industry, or it may just be something that has caught Alex and I's attention that we think is worthy of a shout out. This week, we are calling attention to an intersectional grassroots campaign called Be an Arts Hero, which encompasses arts and culture workers, unions, and institutions in the U.S., pushing the Senate to allocate proportionate relief to the arts and culture sector of the American economy. My sister, whose interview you guys will hear today, uh, really wanted us to spotlight this campaign. Although a new relief package has been approved, there's still a lot of allocation needed, and Be an Arts Hero provides that opportunity to get involved, stay informed, attend events and town halls, and sustain the arts community's future. Please follow at Be an Arts Hero on Instagram and subscribe to their email list at www.beanartshero.com so you can get all the details on how to get involved and stay updated on all possible information. We will have these links in the description below. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, it's holiday week. Alex, how are you feeling? I mean, I think us from Booked and Stress, we really just want to thank everybody for, you know, continually tuning in and subscribing and giving us ratings we really really appreciate it so you've made you know this holiday season already so great so from us to you we want to wish everybody happy holidays um but right now i'm doing great uh hanging with the family you know we have lots of good times i'm learning to become basically a professional chef I, we like can't really leave the house because we're kind of snowed in and so we're just cooking all the time which is great because i really want to nail down that skill. I really want to be like fabulous at it. So I'm learning a ton. We basically are cooking every meal right now. So it's going good. How about you? That's such an East Coast thing. We're like kind of snowed in. Like <laughs> either you're snowed in or you're not. We're like somewhat snowed in. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we just, uh, we had a pretty eventful weekend here in Las Vegas. Uh, my fiance's younger sister came into town and her boyfriend of four years proposed to her. And so he'll be joining our family as well was super exciting. Um, we were up on Mount Charleston, which is like our Vegas little escape wannabe, you know, East Coast snow situation. But no, it was beautiful. I mean, it just snowed this weekend. So it was definitely a great scene um, to have that wonderful event happen. And she said yes. So that's also good news. Um, but yeah, echoing what you said, we're, we're so grateful for all the support that we've had. Um, we're only, this will be our sixth episode and we just passed our 500 download mark. So seriously, thank you guys so, so much. Like I've said in the past, if it's not for you guys, it's just two friends sitting here and catching up. So we appreciate the support, <laughs> the, shares, the reviews, the likes, which no shade. I'm happy to do that too. Uh, but we're super grateful to have hit that 500 mark and had streams from every continent in the U.S. aside from Antarctica, but whatever. I'll talk to the penguins. I'll see what I can do down there. Um, but, Shoot, I was not aware of the continent thing. I knew yeah. there were like a couple in there, but I didn't know. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, so, you know, dust your shoulders off. But um, Okay, so you said you, you're honing in on your chef skills. Do you guys have any fun holiday traditions, either for Christmas or New Year's, that you guys are looking forward to? So, we actually... 
We do a Christmas tradition where on Christmas Eve, we usually um, open a gift and it's usually like Christmas pajamas. So that one stays like throughout the years. But our main Christmas tradition is to always do new traditions, which I love because I I sometimes can get like mundane to do the same things. And although it's like nostalgic and you get excited, you know, expecting certain things, we always try to do something new. And especially because... this is the first Christmas I think both of us have been off of. This is my first Christmas off in five years. Right. And so we basically based Christmas around me where <laughs> it's like wherever Alex's will go, like we've had Christmas in Vegas while I was doing shows. And then there's been other years where they were all together and I stayed by myself. Um, but so it's really nice. We always add new things, uh, you know, to the holiday time, which I love. And it's really sad. Last year, my favorite tree, we don't use real trees. We use a fake one every year. Um, it died. It died last year. Like the lights died. And like your we, fake tree, your tree that was not alive for yes. his lack of life. Yeah. R- <laughs> R.I.P. So we have a real one now. <laughs> Sorry for your loss, but that's amazing. Well, hopefully it's still all about Alex this year, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I can relate my first, I've had Christmas off in the past being on call to a few shows, but always New Year's. This is the first time in six years because the casinos here, they always do big productions um, and they hire dancers, which is so great. Um, last year, we were at Caesars opening for Tiesto and Zara Larson, um, which was so much fun. But then those productions always end up turning into like an after party situation. And so once we're done, usually around like, usually right before midnight, you know, we all run back, throw on like some fancy clothes, you know, pretend that we weren't just like on stage. <laughs> and um, yeah, and go out into the ballroom and kind of enjoy the, the holiday with everybody else. So yeah, not sure what we're going to do this year for New Year's. Christmas, we're going over to San Diego, which we're so excited about. And we spend time with my fiance's entire Oh, that'll be so fun. Yeah, they have, um, between the nieces and nephews, there's like, I think, six or seven of them. So it's like the Christmas spirit is alive and well at 7 a.m. And if you're not up, they will make sure that you absolutely are. So Do they do uh, Secret Santa? Um, we do like a little coordinated gift exchange because like between all the nieces and nephews, also Mitchell's one of five. It's just a lot That's of a people. Lot. So, yeah, they've, I've been inducted this year into the family trade. And so like I have his sister, um, but we do like a $30 cap, which I'm like blessed because COVID. Um, and yeah, so that'll be fun and exciting. But um, one of my favorite memories of Christmas growing up was, so I'm the youngest of three boys. Um, I like to say that I'm the baby. I can get away with murder. I'm the favorite, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my middle brother, he, Derek, he's five years older than I am. Um, and he would always get so excited on Christmas. Like I joke that Mitch's nieces and nephews, they say 7am. Derek was like 4am. He's like, there is one ray of sunshine. We are opening presents now. And when take it upon himself to go on and wake up the entire family, the dogs who would in turn probably wake up most of the neighborhood. So, yeah. but we'll get so excited. And mind you, my parents had probably not gone to bed too much earlier than that um, from Christmas duties and whatnot. And so just like my grouchy dad, like Derek go to bed and Derek's like literally Tasmanian devil, like spinning around the house. Um, and he would get so excited that by the time everybody was up, he would literally make himself ill. Like he was so stoked for Christmas that he's like throwing up in the stocking on the side. So we always knew it was Christmas in the Bradley household. <laughs> 
I love that story so much. Yeah, and then it, that's and then very unexpected. You would get more mad. You're like, damn it, Derek got sick. And then we're like, let's just open presents. And me and my older brother Ryan would be like, can we just open the stockings? Like, we didn't get ill. <laughs> oh my god, I was not expecting that, but I love it. <laughs> That's but, well, it sounds like you guys always had, you know, the things you could look forward to every year. And it just, you know, it, I feel like with Christmas, it is what you make it. Like, no matter the circumstances, even, you know, being in shows with COVID, all of that, it's just the memories that you make. And that's what's super important. But I love that you remember that. Absolutely. It's almost like the unconventional, like if we had a perfect, happy, like everyone's home and we're flying Christmas, I'd be so bored. I'm like, I would probably go start trouble or something because I'm like, yeah. that's not how my family operates. Like we are, we're, we put the fun in dysfunctional. But um, speaking of family, I know right now, <laughs> kind of funny, you're physically with your sister staff, but all of our listeners are going to have the opportunity to meet your sister. So do you want to go ahead and welcome in our interview for this week? Absolutely. We're so excited for our guest this week. Um, we have the very talented and very special Stephanie Yankovich, aka my sister. <laughs> just to give you a little bit about her, I mean, she's pretty epic. Um, she's basically why Rosary Dance Team kind of ascended the way that they did. She's kind of the beginning of that. But in addition to being a beautiful dancer and extremely talented, I mean, she's just done every job in the world you can think of. Uh, currently, she's the coach of Columbia's dance team, but she's also danced on SNL, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Netflix's Glow, um, Jimmy Fallon, and multiple other fashion shows as well, including Miami Swim Week twice, um, which I got to perform with her for one of those years, and it was amazing. But she's basically done every gig that you can imagine, and she's based in New York City, so I only get to see her a couple times a year, but whenever I do, it's the absolute best. But please welcome our amazing guest, Stephanie Yankovich. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much. That was seriously so sweet. That's going to make me cry. So I'll try to pull it I together. Tried, <laughs> I tried to do all of your, all of your things, but... Um, thank you. That was so yeah. many. No, welcome, so Steph. It's, it's so great to have you. And thank you for, for being here. I'm geeking out because I'm like, obviously such a big Yankovich family fan <laughs> that I'm like, cool. This is like sister, sister. I'm just so excited to hear... Uh, <laughs> and like pick your brain about, about everything working by coastal, um, about all 500 jobs that Alex just named off. And then, um, yeah, about dancing and dancing with your sister. And I think it's so cool that you guys um, get along, you know, and your friends and like, it's you know, not that I didn't get along with my brothers, but uh, luckily for all of us, they were not dancers, but. Um, it's really incredible to get along with Alex. And it was also special, the swim week thing that she was talking about was the first time we were able to dance together after not dancing together for six or seven years, you know, a while. So it, that was really special and it's easy to get along with Alex. So it's, it's not that hard. <laughs> and just a little tidbit for everyone, the performance that we did, it was not 30 seconds. Uh, we had to choreograph. It ended up being, it was like four minutes or three minutes. It was, and and it was on point, <laughs> which Alex and I had not done since, you know, well, I actually did a little bit of point in college. You did so way like, more than I did. I like quit. Was like, Once I started like growing into my body as like, you know, getting to be an older woman, I was like, cool, I'm done with point. And you did it in college. I'm that ship sailed a long time ago. It's going to be me. a no for me. Thank you. <laughs> it's 
hurt. It hurts too much. I'm like, not sure it's worth it for me. <laughs> I love it. Well, and um, if you guys don't know Alex or Stephanie, um, they are, I would say like they are the perfect bookends. Like they're give or take, I don't know, Steph's a little bit taller, but they have, they both have flat bangs. They both have <laughs> this beautiful, dark, rich colored hair and, they're both, whenever they're on stage together or apart, like they steal your eye. And so um, I look forward to hopefully seeing you two work together um, in the near future once, once the world opens up. I, hope I know, so that would be amazing. Um, well, if you can give us just like, I know you and I had similar training experiences, but I would love for you to kind of go into detail for your training growing up and then kind of, um, your high school journey and then going into um, a junior college, which was Orange Coast College, um, kind of go into those details of that. And I will say um, for our listeners too, it's always easier being the younger sister because you get to watch your older sister kind of go through it first and then you get totally. to do it again. So you get to follow in their footsteps and still like um, adapt and change certain things. So kind of walk us through your training. Yeah. Um, okay. So similar to Alex, um, started dancing at the dance spot in Fullerton, California. Um, my last four years at the dance spot, I was also on Rosary high school dance team. Um, then I went You're the to only freshman, your freshman year. I was the only freshman. And then I, because I was like the only freshman and, um, on the team at the time when I was a sophomore, they're like, you're captain. So I was a captain my sophomore, junior and senior year, um, which was fun. I was definitely just like thrown into that. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about leadership, but I very quickly learned. So those are definitely things that I learned from Rosary that I, you know, I take with me into the future. Um, then I went to Orange Coast College to work on general education, but also start working on my dance degree. And then I was on the OCC dance team at that same, at the same time I was going to OCC. And then I graduated from Cal State Long Beach with my BFA in dance. Um, and I always think it's such a good, I think those three things, dance studio, competitive, you know, world, dance team world, and training that comes from being in a dance department, I think those three things really shape me as a dancer. And I think you learn very different things from each of those experiences. I dance team for me, like pulled out the Alex, as you know, Dan and um, Danielle on rosary, they, you know, they pull the performance aspect um, out of you. So that's sort of when I came out of my shell and, you know, in that way. And I felt like I, then going to college, I could get a little bit more, you know, back into the technique and learn more about history, anatomy, stuff like that. So I feel like it was a good, it helps me be well-rounded, like those three different things. And then coming to New York and, you know, diving into like street jazz and more theater. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my like dance background. Also, um, you were coaching Rosary's junior junior varsity team all while you were at OCC on OCC's dance team. Yes. And in school, you were also coaching JV Rosary dance team. Exactly. It was, it was pretty hectic. I, again, I was also thrown into the Rosary coaching job. I had not even taught a dance class and I was thrown into that job. They gave me the junior varsity um, position as soon as I graduated high school. And 
so yeah, I was living in Newport beach. I was going to, um, school there practicing with the rosary dance team, also practicing with the OCC dance team. Both were super competitive. So both, I think I had a total of four different, um, days out of the week, 5 a.m. practice, 6 a.m. practice, go to school, then go back to practice after you're done with school, spend, you know, the whole weekend at basketball and football games for both different teams for high school and um, college. And then I, each year I did two, two separate trips to UDA for, um, um, uh, two separate trips to Orlando, Florida for UDA nationals. And at the same time, I'm like trying to juggle, I had an agent, um, in LA. So I'm trying to juggle going to these auditions. And then I was also working at um, West Coast School of the Arts in Costa Mesa. So it's pretty hectic, <laughs> but I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful for all those different experiences. It definitely was different than going to New York and, you know, starting from scratch, you know, when I had this like crazy schedule and all these things that I was juggling. So that is amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly, I, this is all because of our mom. She is so crazy organized. She taught us so much, you know, in that. Well, yeah. yeah. No, and it, it shows because I know you're saying like, oh, I've never taught a dance class and I'm being, as you said, thrown in, but offered these positions like that just speaks volumes about you both as a dancer, as a leader and a quick study. And I love the analogy that you gave about like kind of the three pillars because I, the, the one thing that I did not come from was the dance team background. And like I've had the opportunity to, to work with a few dance teams and like their discipline and their just like, it, it's <laughs> respect, respect to you, respect to anyone that's ever done dance team, drill team. But yeah, I love that answer. I love, uh, and the I love hearing that. The teamwork's a big part of it, you know, learning to get along with people that are maybe not your favorite people, but you have to learn how to get along with them. So you guys, you both, you all have the same goal. You know, you want to win you want the trophies that then get thrown out, you know, <laughs> next weekend because parents don't want, you know, <laughs> our parents don't want. Where do those trophies go? <laughs> I want to make like a underwater like aerials like the, the little mermaid a city of yes. atlantis out of those yeah yes and i so thought our, our mom used to scrape off the you know yeah. like the little title at the bottom of trophies she would scrape them off she's like we'll just toss the trophies but we'll keep like yeah. the special thing that they say about about you like the beautiful smile award <laughs> yeah it was so that was so awesome that she did that and we still have those which is cool um but i felt so like I felt like people thought we were so ungrateful, like after every single weekend, like where the trash is, there's like trophies, <laughs> but yeah. we, we, you know, worked really hard for them, but. Okay. So competitive, disciplined, dedicated. How did that work as sisters? Like I know Alex, obviously she looks up to you and as she said earlier, like you paved the way as such a good role model, but like, were there ever moments of like tension or competition or did you guys be pretty amicable um, dancing together? I'm not just saying this. There was never competition with Alex and I. And a lot of it was because we were four years apart. So we were not in high school together. You know, I was a different figure. I had different things that I was doing when I um, was coaching. Um, so there wasn't any of that. We were never in the same category for dance competitions because, you know, we're in different age brackets. So there wasn't... I, I'm not, I don't know if there's ever a time that I felt like competitive with Alex. I will say that she's definitely someone that like pushes and inspires me to 
do more and to, you know, like go for the things that you want to go for, put yourself out of your comfort zone. So that's sort of more what I get from Alex as opposed to um, competitive competitiveness. And we've had the opportunity to work a, a few different jobs together as choreographers and dancers. And I mean, it's fun. We just like laugh the whole time and like try to get through we try to get through it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard for me not to, like, bring up other things, but um, Stephanie was visiting like, me in L.A. It. Like, I want to hear all the things. <laughs> <laughs> she was visiting me in L.A., uh, like, the beginning of October, and we were, like, driving down Sunset, and back when we were both, um, I think you were in college and I was in high school, we had to do this So You Think You Can Dance. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, I won't go into details about it, but we had to do like one of the things where it's the choreographer's audition and we had to rehearse at this one place on sunset. And I remember we were driving and I was like, do you remember? And <laughs> she just, yeah, she just pointed. She, I don't even think you said, do you remember? I think you like, were I, literally was like I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a rehearsal at like 10 PM till like 1 AM. And our mom came like drove from Orange County to LA to like come pick us up. And then her car wouldn't start, but it was like this whole and it was rolling, thing. rolling in the deep, Adele. Rolling in the deep, Adele. Yeah. And we All didn't the get emotions and then in, like, like... What'd you say? I said, like, rolling in the deep, all the emotions. I just picture it's, like, pouring rain, and you guys are, like, stuck outside the car <laughs> on the side of the freeway. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, like, we didn't get paid for the job. I think we got, like, soap. They, like, paid us with, like, bath and bath body, and body works. works. I'm like, this is... This is the start. Here we go. <laughs> I, love that. I will say also four years apart um, is the perfect age gap. I think with sisters who are both interested in the same career, uh, we have another uh, good close family friends and their daughters are also four years apart and they also are dancers too. And so it, we kind of were mirroring each other and it was like the perfect, it's the perfect, um, you know, age difference where you get along with each other so well, but there's not that competitive edge. Totally. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, we did everything in the world on the West coast, but then you ended up moving to New York. So, uh, what drew you to New York and why did you, uh, why'd you end up there? I, I just graduated and I, just wanted to challenge myself. I didn't know anything about New York. I didn't have a lot of connections there. And I was excited to sort of just start from scratch. And I, I spent a month there. We have um, a family member that lives there. So I spent a month there sort of just like, you know, putting my feet in the water and like seeing if I like the city. And, you know, right away I decided I wanted to be there. I was excited about, you know, an adventure a blank slate and New York was, you know, it was either New York or LA. And I felt that I just, you know, I wanted to move. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to be in a different place. I wanted to put myself in uncomfortable situations, not uncomfortable situations, you know, put myself in things that are out of my comfort zone. I was really excited about that. Yeah. I feel like um, your grind and your hustle when you first got there was pretty intense and like you probably have to start you everybody has to start off doing jobs that like are gonna pay the bills and pay the rent so it doesn't matter if it's gonna be your top choice or your dream job right away like you worked so hard at these other jobs you were teaching um as an after-school teacher yeah basically yeah describe that a little better 
So I was teaching at um, an after school, I was teaching at Four Corners Creative and it's a studio for children. And we also worked at four or five different um, private and public elementary schools on the Upper East and Upper West Side. So I was doing their after school programs and I, I got that job. Um, I got that job right away, but I did spend a lot of time, you know, reaching out to dance studios, to schools, to dance teams, to agents, to you know, any, any dance opportunity, any performing opportunity that I could find. So it's definitely when you first move there, starting from scratch, you have to be so proactive and follow up with um, those emails that you're sending, follow up with the choreographers that you take and you take their class and you like them and, you know, reach out to them, make those connections. And I spent a lot of time doing that um, steps on Broadway. So I got that job maybe like nine months in. And that was probably the best decision I made. I did the work study program. You're working to take um, free classes. And I um, got promoted to do front desk. And then I was promoted to be manager at front desk. So that was a really good way to just sort of throw myself into the dance world, you know, starting to work the front desk, meeting the teachers, the choreographers, taking all these classes because they're, well, they weren't free. They're $5, but you know, they were in very New York. Affordable. That's like free. In New York, that's <laughs> yeah. literally because normally <laughs> classes like 20 to $25 for a single yeah. class. So paying $5 is like, that's what people are charging now for like a internet class. And right. so it's also like you're in person with like someone who's really well known. Exactly. And that was, you know, BDC and Steps are both, you know, big, they're big communities in the dance industry in New York. So it was cool to immerse myself in, in that whole world and just feel like I was starting to be a part of it. And um, yeah, got to know a lot of dancers, choreographers, a lot of people that were doing the same thing I was going to do. So found a lot of connections there. When you locked down your agent for your agency audition, wasn't it like an overwhelmingly large amount of people, but you had done a gig before then that made it better for you to audition and and nail that down. Yes. And so why I think that steps was the best decision for me, I took Brooke Wendell's class because I took her class. She booked me on a job for her that she was doing. She had to put together a video um, that she was pitching as a choreographer. So I did that with her and the I was with DDO. So I was with DDO in LA and then also New York. Um, and I wanted to move to either MSA, Clear, or um, Block, just because those are sort of like the three main ones here that have access to all of the main big dance jobs. Um, and so MSA Audition was coming up and um, there was... 300, 400, there were a lot of people there. I think they signed 10 people out of that. And I was one of them, but I, it was, uh, Brooke Wendell was the choreographer at the audition. And so, you know, she's the reason I ended up signing with MSA um, because she, you know, knew me and I worked with her and she knew I was um, good to work with. And so it was- Totally. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that story. And I think, yeah, it's such a important- important thing to teach young dancers is like you said you're you know you can't turn down the small jobs because you're waiting for the Beyonce tour like I don't know and it, any NYCDA kids out there right the Joe Lantieri speech that we all heard growing up but it's it's still so true um 
you know, and it's in those experiences that you naturally network, you meet other people that are in the same path and um, putting the groundwork down, being professional. Like I look up to Alex and I look up to both of you, but I remember um, when we were about ready to move out here, Alex like had her website ready. She was like, here, I've got business cards made. Like she was so like, no, but seriously. And the amount of time, like I've booked gigs from being like somewhere and I'm like, oh, here's my card. And then people have contacted me, which is like, you know, you don't think about that in like a dancer world mindset typically, but it's the, the, the basis of having a career and networking yourself. And so I love that. And I love that it ended up and it didn't end up. I love that you worked and landed where you are because of all of the groundwork. Totally. And I, another part of moving to the city is you just like exactly what you said, waiting for stuff you have to go on every audition. You have to take every opportunity. You have no idea where it's going to lead. You have no idea who, who you're going to meet while you're doing that. And I, it's, especially when you're starting from scratch, you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Like why not go on every single audition? Even if you look at it and it's not your dream job, just go, you're going to meet someone there. It, you know, it definitely is all the world is so dance world so small. So it's, you know, obviously all intertwined. Um, I kind of want to brag a little bit about um, you. So correct me if I get any of these stories wrong, but I know you started out doing extra work um, with central casting while you were in New York, but then you were so good at it that they moved, kept bumping you up to featured extras and you would even show up dressed, you know, in your normal, you know, outfit. And then they would love it so much. They'd be like, Oh no, we love exactly what you're wearing. We're going to wear that for the scene. And yeah, Which I that, think is amazing. So I want you to kind of talk about um, starting with those extras, uh, that extra work, do, uh, getting on with SAG and kind of you're the person I kind of go to for um, how that all works and how it grew to now doing Glow and Mrs. Maisel and all that. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, I started off, I had a friend that was um, living here that I went to college with and her roommate is one of the casting directors at Central Casting. So she sort of got me in there. And um, I, I thought it was so funny you show up with your own clothes and every, <laughs> exactly what you said, I would show up and they would already think I went through wardrobe. And so I would just get to wear my own clothes on set, which is funny. Um, so that was fun. It was definitely a different experience. It's when I first sort of learned about what goes into the other side of TV shows and movies that we watch. I you know, used to be, you know, I, I talked to friends and family that don't know about um, TV and film so much. And it's funny when you explain to them that, you know, a two minute, um, a two minute scene, it can take three hours, depending on, you know, how they're filming it and how many times it takes. So that was really cool seeing that was my first time to sort of like see the other side of it, which was fun. Um, so I did that. And then so my first SAG job was, um, I mean, my first principal SAG job was um, a promo for Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And I actually became eligible after that. So you can get into SAG by doing one principal job or three background jobs or being a part of any of the other one, um, you know, equity. AGVA, you can sort of buy your way in if you um, paid your dues. You've been in for over a year and, um, a few different things. Um, I think you have to have done a principal job. Um, so 
yeah, I did, um, did that and I was eligible, but I decided not to, um, decided not to pay the $3,000 right away. Um, just cause that was a lot. And then I was, you know, hoping for a job that would sort of help me pay the initiation fee, which is a lot. Um, but I did that. And then I did two more principal roles. Um, America's got talent, um, which I was just choir and, and one other job. And then I became a must pay. So then you can't do any SAG jobs. You can't even show up to set and work that job that, you know, you got booked for unless you go on and join the union, pay that $3,000, um, fee to, um, to do that. But I, I actually ended up buying my equity card, um, at the worst time possible, like a few <laughs> months before the um, shutdown. Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, I'm appreciative that I like got to do that because you don't get seen in the theater industry out here unless you are equity and you can't be equity unless you book a show. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of impossible. Um, so. Unions I, are such like, I honestly feel like it's like, uh, you know, the MC Escher paintings where the stairs just keep going in circles and it's like, you yes. can't do the job unless you're in the union, but you can't be in the union unless you do the job. And I'm like, exactly. what is real? Exactly. And it's so, it's background is, I think it's really good experience to sort of start off and, you, you know, learn what's the lingo on set. How does it work? When do you show up? How do you have to act? You always random things you need to know to wear a button-up shirt so when they do your makeup you're not pulling your shirt over um your hair and makeup and so learning all of those you know things that I needed to know um but it definitely if you are eligible there are more um I mean if you are SAG there are more opportunities for you um and better paying jobs the the nasal job the nasal job I did um I think it was 18 hours actually on set. And when you're SAG, you, your ninth and 10th hour are time and a half. And then every hour after that is double your hourly rate. <laughs> it's so like, it's crazy. You can, you want those long days on set, even though they're exhausting, but um, it pays off. So totally. Um, okay, so I have to ask, West Coast girl, moved to New York. We talked about, like, your transition into um, your dance career. But, like, from experience, first time in New York, like, I can't tell you how many times I took the subway the wrong way. Or, so what's your, like, funny first time to New York? It can be dance or non-dance related. Ooh, uh, let me think. Um, honestly, I thought, okay, so I this was probably within my first year and a lot of my professors, you know, obviously they were encouraging me to, you know, go for it and, you know, move and um, audition, pursue those goals. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people kept making it seem like New York was so scary and just in living wise, just being there, like it's scary. Um, but I, had a I just really imagine like the Hansel and Gretel, like evil village. And you're like, <laughs> New York, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. I do think there's safety in numbers. So for all the crazy people, there are more non-crazy people that if you do get into a situation, I, I 
feel safe. Um, but I, okay. So I was on the subway and I was in Brooklyn coming back to Manhattan. So I left my phone. I got off of the subway and the subway was gone. So basically I thought I lost my phone and I went back to a few different stations because I thought maybe I left it on the um, bench on the subway in the subway station. Long story short, someone contacts me the next day and they're like, I have your phone. I'll bring it to Starbucks. Um, and I could not believe it. I walked into Starbucks and he was, he was like, here's your phone. And I, you know, asked him, can I buy you a coffee? Like, thank you so much. I for sure thought my phone was stolen. He's like, no, I just thought someone would steal it. So just, I thought I would just grab it. And uh, he charged it and everything. So that was like a good, that was a good New York experience where I had a feeling that people like watch out for each other, you know, more than I, more than people make it seem like I, so often I drop my Metro card, you know, um, on the floor and someone will come running after me to give me my Metro card. I just that makes like, me so happy. I've never had a situation like that. <laughs> yeah, my phone was already stolen by the phone. time you hadn't even finished your story. You yeah. like charge it. You're, he's like, I got you a new case. I also went ahead and paid for your Apple Care for the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was not expecting it. It was just, it was a good feeling just to, just to know that people like watch out for each other and as mean as and you know like cutthroat New Yorkers can be in the dance world and like not in the dance world, um, they like still watch out for each other. That like makes my, me so happy. Yeah. If my purse is unzipped, like I have old ladies always telling me to zip up my purse and like zip up my backpack and like they tell so. me to zip my mouth, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get started with your Columbia job? Because that's a pretty big deal to be coaching a dance team at an Ivy League school and um it's just a whole nother ballpark. So how did that come to you? So when I first moved to New York, I, like I said, I was emailing just anyone I could think of. Um, you know, um, I actually ended up working with Fordham as well. Cause I had sent them an email. Um, so just, you know, sending out a ton of emails, just saying I'm available for cleaning routines, choreographing, coaching, anything. And Columbia was one of the people that I, um, one of the dance teams that I had reached out to when I first moved didn't hear from them for a year, but then a year later, their coach left and they contacted me. Um, but the crazy thing about Columbia was there was a lady, her name was Doreen and she worked in the athletics department and she, um, she was part of my interview. I was interviewed by three different people and she, as a side hobby coached a dance team in New Jersey and knew about rosary dance team. So she knew who I was when, you know, these other the men in the athletics department have obviously no idea about rosary. Um, so she pulled for me and she's the reason I got the job and she left Columbia the next year, but I've, I've been there ever since, um, which um, has been great. I think that it's, um, Never mind. I don't know. That was How, I think I think them ha the girls having you as their coach and their choreographer I think it makes more people want to join because especially for a school like that where their academics pretty much take over like dance team is kind of their escape from all of that and so they're just excited to be doing something new and, and like exercise their brain in a different way and mm -hmm. I could tell like when I went to the game with you like the girl the, co the girls love you <laughs> and you do all of their um uniforms and everything like just 
you give like 150%. It's like you're almost better. The dance team's better than the sports. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely more sparkly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I manage and, you know, I do everything for them. Uh, they're, you know, I run their practice. I do all of their choreography. I design their uniforms. I do all of their scheduling. So that's, it's, it's been fun to still be a part of the dance team world. But like you said, it's very different than competitive teams. And I'm, of course, I'm thankful for, you know, those things I learned being on a competitive team, but it's so nice that it's dance team is fun for them. And it takes a lot of pressure off of me because it's, it's a part-time job. You know, I'm still able to do a lot of other things. So it's not my only thing. It's not their only thing. So it's fun. I, I really try to make practice a place where they can come and not worry about their internships and their jobs. And I mean, they're studying law. I have four girls that are pre-med. They, um, they're incredible. They're incredible. So I treat it more like a, a club, you know, um, and I, I definitely care and want to work on how they look at um, within the community, you know, at our appearances, um, how do they look on game day, those performances. And it's nice not having to compete. I don't think any of them would want to, though, but it's um, it's nice. It's a it's a good balance. Um, it's a good balance. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. Like, I'm just so. I'm literally like going to email your mom and be like, hi, can, you can I be a Yankovic, please? Because um, I have adored you guys ever since I met you. And it's so, this is kind of the first time I've got to sit down and hear your whole story. And it's, it's even better to hear and see your sister like with this ear to ear grin, like be like, oh, you did this. So I just think you guys are such an awesome inspiration to each other and um, those around you. So Thank you for, for everything. Thank you for your time. Alex, what do you have to say? Yeah, thank you so much for letting us talk to you. It was seriously so much fun. I know we could talk for hours, but... I know. Uh, I'm like, what are... I <laughs> could talk for, like... Yeah, I could talk for... And when I, we were kind of putting together the questions to ask you, I was like, whoa, there's a lot. There's so much to cover because totally. you're just someone who makes it work no matter what. Always making it work. Always finding new things. Always, you know, looking for the next job and and networking. So we really appreciate you taking the time and like sharing your knowledge with everybody. Uh, thank you so much, you guys. I'm so excited to be on this one, and I'm so excited to listen to all of the other ones you guys are doing. Thank you for having me. I feel honored to be a part of this. Of course. Yay. Well, stressors. Uh, if you want to find Stephanie on Instagram, her handle is Steph Yonk. That's S T E P H Y O N K. So show her some love. Um, again, Steph, thank you so much for booked and stressed, and we hope to have you on again sometime soon. Sounds fabulous. I would love it. Thank you. All right. Take care.